This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks that I give away every Monday is Kim Dust. She's in the entertainment industry and is currently working a full-time day job and doing her side hustle on the side. Kim, congrats. For you, is a chance to win 100 bucks every Monday. Simply subscribe to the podcast on iTunes now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to officially enter. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 after you subscribe. So many people tell me they love my email marketing and I use a tool to do this email marketing in a way that is so powerful and it works so much. I was shocked when Clay at Lean Pages announced that he acquired the tool. It's called Drip. I'll tell you how I use Drip and why I use it. It's more powerful than Infusionsoft, but as light as a feather to actually use. If you want to get 60 days of it free right now, go to NathanMicah.com forward slash Drip. Again, NathanMicah.com forward slash Drip. I'll tell you how I use it and why later on in the episode. Nathan Latke here. Coming up tomorrow morning, you will learn from Greg Shankin. His agency lost money in 2015, but went back in the black in 2016 to the tune of $500,000, helping companies market online with CEO Greg Shankin. Nathan Latke here, and good morning, folks. Our guest today is Amit Shambhag, and he is the co-founder of RocketReach.co. The company allows you to look up email, phones, and social links for over 250 million professionals worldwide. Amit bootstrapped RocketReach from zero to over 100,000 customers, including some of the largest like Apple, Google, Morgan Stanley, just to name a few. He has over 13 patents in petabyte scale data mining and started his professional life writing co code for geostationary satellites. He loves open water swimming, watching cricket, not playing, but watching and spending time with his four-year-old son. Amit, are you ready to take us to the top? Sounds good. So we'll... Uh... Yeah, a little blurb about RocketReach. RocketReach.co is a sales enablement tool that allows you to look up email, phone, social links for over 250 million professionals worldwide. Uh, as you mentioned, we have more than 120,000 customers as of this morning. Hey, I mean, take us back a second, though. What, what year did you start the business in? Uh, so the company started in uh, uh, almost less than a year ago, so November of 2015. Okay, uh, and what, what got you into it? I mean, what were you doing before this? Right. So me and my co-founder, Andrew, uh, used to work for a small company called Showcase, which was a SaaS, uh, you know, loosely speaking, a SaaS business. And we were trying to work on user acquisition. One of the things that we tried was to uh, get uh, our prospects from data.com, which is owned by Salesforce. And we quickly realized that the data uh, is you know, 85% inaccurate. Um, and we tried a bunch of tools and we were very frustrated. Which with other it. ones did you try? Um, so we tried a, there's a European company that I can't remember. We tried, I think, uh, full contact and some of the other ones. X verify. Uh, we no, we used not X verify, but, um, we used Hoover's a bunch of like list generation, um, yep. 
companies. Yeah, but the data was mostly inaccurate. And the problem with that is that if you're trying to reach like a specific set of people, if you're, you know, if, if you're trying to reach a VP, for instance, and you email like five of his directors, <laughs> if half of their emails are wrong, then you're not going to, you know, most likely you're not going to close that deal, right? Yeah. Um, so this is a real problem. We realized that there was a huge opportunity. We knew how to solve it. Um, we quickly built a prototype um, and that's how Rocket Reach was formed. And that was 2014, right? 2015. That's 2015. Okay. And so then give us a, before we get into more than nitty gritty, oh, from an overall perspective, just tell us where you are now in terms of team size. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, it's five people right now. Okay. Um, three, there are three co-founders and then there's one salesperson and one customer service person. So it's, we are really, really tiny. Okay. And bootstrapped or, or uh, funded? We are uh, completely bootstrapped 100%. Um, I did try to raise a small round, and I can tell you something about my experience. Um, but very quickly, I did try to raise a round. Uh, How much? Got, uh, we tried to raise a small round. So we tried to raise about like 750K. Okay. Uh, I won't tell you the valuation, but uh, 750K small seed. Um, the terms, we, we got uh, terms from maybe three people, two uh-huh. people for sure, and the third was about Were close. these angels, Amit, or were these t- traditional VCs? They were all, um, you know, in retrospect, we should probably uh, maybe gone to angels, but we went to institutional investors. Got it. 750K institutional investors um, got terms from two of them, um, and the terms are just not favorable enough to continue. And our growth curve was so good that we knew we would we were going to be profitable in like a month, month and a half. So about like six weeks into my fundraising, um, I stopped fundraising and decided to, you know, completely go bootstrapped. And when was so was that late 2015 where you were trying to raise or early? Uh, this was about March of this year. Oh, March of this year. Okay. So at that point, how many customers did you have? I'm trying to think now. Uh, we probably had in like the, you know, mid to low tens of thousands, right? 20 to 30,000 customers. Okay. So between March of 2016 and today, October, 2016, you've gone from 30 or 40,000 yes. to 120,000. 120,000 at least. Yeah. So all those people are kicking themselves for giving you such shitty terms, right? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I think that uh, the, space is, the space is extremely crowded, right? I can understand the reluctance that these people have because because there are so many companies sort of trying to do something similar. It's really hard to predict who the winner is going to be. Yeah, who are some what of the other know? ones? Just name a few so we have context. Um, so uh, the oh, I'm completely blanking on my customer, my competition, <laughs> which isn't a bad thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> But I mean, do you compete uh, with like Rapportive and these guys relate IQ? Right. Rapportive relate IQ. And then, um, there's one that mostly does APIs that I can't remember that people keep talking about. Do you compete uh, with like Tufer and, and those kind of API kind of companies? Uh, yeah. Email Hunter is one, one competitor that people keep talking about. The big ones are data.com and Hoover, right? Got it. The, those are the ones that go after enterprises. Um, but yeah, there's, there's tons of companies. So it's it, I can understand the VC, that VCs are reluctant to sort of invest in these companies unless there's significant traction. So, sure. So tell us, you said you have 120,000 customers. Help understand. Uh, so they're they're paying you again uh, for these kinds of contacts, these lists. And I assume you're doing some verification to make sure it's accurate. Otherwise, you would have just used data.com. Help us understand what they're paying you. So is this a SaaS business? What's your model? Yes, yeah, a SaaS business. So people pay us a simple monthly subscription. There's three levels. There's uh, $49, $99, and $299. Uh-huh. Um, and mostly uh, sales 
uh, salespeople and recruiters are our biggest user base. So they'll pay us to look up contact information for the sales prospects or for any people that they're trying to hire. Um, and they pay us, you know, somewhere between 49 to $299 a month. Okay. On uh, av- if you had to average across your entire customer mm-hmm. race, are they paying what about 50 bucks per month or more towards your silver yeah. plan? Average is uh, somewhere it's around the $70 mark. Okay. That's pretty healthy. So, okay. you know, yeah, pretty healthy. So, you know, uh, we have a, the, uh, our highest actually is our middle level. Um, so highest, in what way? Got the, uh, highest uh, most of the users are in our middle plan, the silver plan. Got it. Got it. So yeah. is it, can I meet, uh, and you can kind of answer this or not answer it, whatever you feel is comfortable, but is the math as simple as taking 120,000 customers times 70 bucks to get to you guys doing about 8 point more, 8.4 million per month in revenue? Um, yeah, so I won't, you know, some of this is, uh, is, yeah, share, is what, share what you can. Yeah, no. Um, so we have a hundred thousand, 120,000, uh, customers, but then there are a lot of teams that have team deals. A lot of users are API users. So it's not a very simple math. Okay. Got it. So, so yeah. I imagine maybe, or, I mean, let's do a range just so people understand somewhere maybe between two and 6 million. Is that fair to say per month? Yeah, it's in the low millions. Yes. Okay, good. So we'll we'll give a nice big range to keep it vague. Um, help <laughs> help us understand. Uh, help us understand more about how you're getting your customers. So you said salespeople and recruiters are like a big thing for you. Now your technology, ironically, it sounds like does this. It probably finds recruiters, and you probably do some outreach cold. Is that the case? Um, you know, we did do that. So initially, so around, uh, you know, between January, 2016 to maybe March, 2016, we were doing a lot of out, outbound, uh, user acquisition. So we'd send, you know, sort of emails to people, try to acquire them. But since March, um, you know, we got featured, featured in product hunt and we built a bunch of, uh, uh, SEO, um, operations. And so most of our, in fact, like a hundred percent of our user acquisition now is through, uh, completely through SEO and it's a free. So people will, you know, so the way that this will work is let's say that I'm interested in talking to Nathan, right? So I'll type in Nathan's name and rocket reaches page, um, will show up as usually one of the top five results. If you type in Nathan email, Nathan email, uh-huh. Um, so that's how people find out about us. They sign up for an account. There's a freemium model and they end up paying, um, you know, buying one of our subscriptions. Um, that usually leads to then us talking to them to try and get them to sign up for team deals or APIs. So Um, like you're sitting on your user dashboard and you see someone from Uber signs up, your inside salesperson is going, Ooh, that's a potential team plan. Let me call them and see if I can get them to add 20 seats. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Yeah, got it. Because you, I mean, your process has to be at that ARPU. It has to be still pretty low touch, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah we can't. We can't afford to have like a you know four month um, sales four cycle. Yeah. For the API, that does happen. I mean, for the API, our revenue is significantly higher, and for the APIs, for instance, the average sales cycle is about two to four months. And who are bu- who's buying access to the API? Is this like Datanize or Mattermark or Hoover's? Who, who buys access to that? Uh, he, it's funny you mentioned. So one of the people that you mentioned actually uses our data. Uh, right? oh, that's so funny. <laughs> um, so, um, yes. So our data is used, you know, we constantly get amazed by the use cases for which our API is used. Um, that it's everything. It's some of the people who actually are, our com- could be considered our competitors use our API. Very cool. Uh, 
There are companies that do payroll processing that use our data for analytics. There's a uh, university in Finland that's doing scientific research on professional graphs that's using our API. Oh, wow. so the use cases, yeah. So the use cases for this are like quite varied. Um, at the end of the day, there's a ton of data about professionals and their relationships, um, including their links on social networks. Mm-hmm. So the data is very rich. Now, I mean, you, you're sitting on a rocket ship here as you're building this, and we'll get into some more economics here in a second. Uh, but first, one of the questions I was about asking this because it's usually embarrassing. So hopefully you won't be embarrassed and you'll share it. But usually the first year revenue to any company is like sometimes people lose money because they're investing a bunch or sometimes it's just very, very low. Do you remember what your first year revenue was? Well, so we still haven't finished our first year. Um, if but, you just go uh, off calendar, so only in, up to December 2015. Oh yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you openly. So <laughs> in 2015, right, we'd been working on this for, um, we started working on this a little bit in, around October. So we've been working for this for three months. We've been, you know, we've been funding it ourselves. December, you know, end of December 2015, our revenue was $15. Oh my gosh. <laughs> per month or total? <laughs> Total. Oh my <laughs> lord, that's amazing. Yeah, so, when dude. what month did you turn on kind of the the real payment? Where did you see the most payment growth or the most paid plan growth? Um, March is really where it started to take off. Product hunt was a big thing for us. Um, so many people are know, saying that. Realize- yeah. Um, I mean, it's not necessarily that we got a lot of users from Product Hunt, but we really realized, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of silly. We should have always realized this, but we were trying to do outbound and SEM and all these traditional marketing channels. But we realized that if we could leverage the power of something like affiliate marketing, like product, you know, product Hunt or SEO, that we could really ramp up our, our, our growth. So, so tell me more about that. Give me like besides product and give me another example of a partner you've worked with that helped drive a lot of growth. Um, so another one is 500 uh, startups. So we did a deal with 500 startups where every company that got into the 500 startups to 2016 batch um, got a, you know, one or two months of rocket reach for free. Oh. And that led to a ton of good business, um, you know, uh, a ton of good opportunities. And most of we managed to retain a large number of those users. still. So. That's great. So you're looking for kind of big groups of startup CEOs or entrepreneurs and kind of working out group deals. Uh, yeah, I mean, those have worked out really well for us and, and for both parties, right? Um, if you use Rocket Reach for two months and you're not seeing value in it, there's nothing for you to lose. Uh, meanwhile, a large percentage of the people that actually sign up for us using these promotional deals end up uh, end up being paying customers. Yeah. Okay, let's talk some more about economics here because when you have ARPUs that are in this range, uh, you know, $70 range, churn is always critical, especially in a SaaS business and SaaS valuations. Um, so two questions for you on churn. One, currently, what is your gross monthly customer churn? It's, uh, you know, it's under control. I mean, it's, it's average for what um, most SaaS companies are. So it's What's around, average? I suppose I think if, you, if it's more than 10%, then you should be a little bit alarmed. So yeah. ours is in the less, less yeah. than 10% range. Somewhere around like 7-ish? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's not as low as exactly. It's around yeah. 7-ish. Yeah. What is the... So I asked that very uh, intentionally when I said gross monthly customer churn. And that's because it sounds like you have wildly varying ARPUs between your consumer facing product and your API kind of tie-ins. So if I asked and you can choose, I want to answer this, but if I asked you what your gross, uh, or sorry, your net revenue churn was per month, are your upsells of people going into the API, uh, making up for everything that you're losing? So it's actually negative. Uh, no, I mean, if you, you know, if you don't, 
take growth into consideration, right? So you just say there's no growth. And uh, if you then try to calculate churn, then obviously it is still uh, negative. Yeah. But yep. some of it is being offset by the fact that people will go into higher both go into higher cons, you know, retail brackets as well as some people convert into API. Got it. Okay, talk to me about. So uh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it would have been lower without the. Um, it's it's negative churn technically, right? So without the negative churn. Yep. What is the uh, so in terms of user acquisition? What are you willing to spend to acquire a customer? So. At this point, yeah, do no, it fully weighted to me. So, including your content strategy, like the salary that the, the person that's doing that, if it's fully weighted. Yeah, um, I would say that our, you know, if we we could afford to spend, considering the lifetime value of the customer and everything, we couldn't. We could spend like in the you know ten to thirty dollar range. Um, we would or zero to thirty dollar range. We would be we would be fine. So, what's uh, your lifetime value? Because it sounds like that's how you got to that number. Yeah, so the lifetime value is approximately, let's assume it's 70. So the average uh, customer lifetime is about six months. So okay. 60. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So and you guys said about 70 times six, so you got about 420, right? 420 bucks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you said you're willing to spend 10 to 30 bucks to acquire a $420 user. That's great. Those are great economics. Yeah. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because our, our, our current customer acquisition cost is approximately you know, it is less than $30, right? Um, yeah. It's not free. To are you doing any paid? Are you doing any paid spend or is that just salary yeah. headcounts? Uh, salary headcount and the fact that, you know, with, with the freemium model, you have to end up giving some amount of free value to acquire a user. So that's how the yep. customer acquisition costs. What are the, yeah. the costs in a business like this? Like what do you have a real technical? I mean, and this is don't take offense to this because I know you have all kinds of patents and stuff. But do you guys have a true technical advantage here or is this whole space email hunter? Everybody else, is it really about who markets better? No, it is. I mean, so this is the one key difference between us and our users, right? So if you look at our website, if you look at our profile pages and our product, I mean, it's not it's not super polished. We are trying to we're, we're working on it, but we you know, but, you know, like thousands of users are signing up for our site, you know, for a product every day. And we ask them, why are you choosing us compared to our competitors? And the answer again and again, consistently is the quality of the data. If you use something like email hunter and data.com, the, you know, the accuracy is going to be around the 40 to 50% mark, whereas ours is 85%. So you mean, just to be clear, if, if I send 10 emails that I found via email hunter, only four of them will go through, maybe six would bounce versus if I use you guys, eight of them will go through and only two will bounce. Absolutely. I mean, in, in fact, if you use something like email hunter or data.com, six times out of 10, you won't even get the email. Oh, I see. Whereas, yeah. So what, what gives so you the advantage? What gives you that advantage? Are you just, are you just, you just have more inputs? You have more sources. How do you get that advantage? No, it's more, it's better science. I mean, to be completely honest, right? So between me and Andrew and Alan, I mean, we've got but a total of 30 years of data mining experience working on petabytes, petabyte scale data. That's not a trivial advantage. We know what we're doing and we know how to do it at scale. So not only are we looking broadly, we have a scoring system which actually you know, predicts searches and then evaluates the value of the, evaluates the output using, um, using essentially a regression system. Um, at, at real time and both because we're going very broad and we're doing it at real time our data is likely to be much more accurate 
and and it's not a small advantage it's a 2x to 4x advantage yeah, no it sounds like a huge advantage um what is your we're getting ready to wrap up here but before i do that you guys are going to have a party imagine at the end of the year to celebrate what revenue number will you hit where you guys will be celebrating like crazy for 2016 what's your goal um, so- yeah, we won't get there in 2016, but uh, you know, next year at some point, um, we'll be in you know we'll be in the tens, right, um, of millions of dollars, and that's going to be interesting, um, a, a great milestone as well as a, well, as well as as well as the time for us to start thinking about raising a seed uh, Series A. So, me to get to kind of a 10 million dollar ARR, you'd be doing about 888,000 bucks per month. So, you're saying you think sometime next year you'll kind of hit that MRR rate? Uh, yeah, I mean, if things continue to go the way they are, it's great. What is the, I mean, imagine a company like this, you know, Salesforce or someone's going to approach you and go, we're losing too many customers to you because they're, they're leaving data.com and going to you. I mean, would you, I mean, would you, if someone came to you right now and offered, you know, let's say Benioff offered you 30 million bucks, would you take that deal? At this particular moment, given our revenue, 30 million would be, it would be a decent offer. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Very good. And how do you get just for everyone else listening, that's maybe trying to value their SaaS companies. How do you know what's a decent offer in the SaaS space? Yeah, I I think that I tend to think of it essentially as, uh, you know, as very simply as like three to five X, um, you know, three to five X, uh, yeah. Top line ARR. ARR. Um, but I also take growth into consideration. So our growth is very, very healthy at the moment. What um, is it month over month in terms of customers or revenue? It's, uh, it's, it's in the high, uh, two digit percentage. So something like, like 60, 70, 80 ish, something like that. Yes. Yeah. Very cool. Month over month. Mm-hmm. Jeez, I mean, what are you guys drinking? That's incredible. <laughs> That's seriously, I mean, it's easy to go from one to two dollars in revenue, but I know you guys are bigger than that. I mean, going from two hundred, you know, grand in one month in monthly recurring revenue to four hundred grand the next month—that's like unbelievable growth. It is, yeah. I mean, we've been amazed by it, um, but at the same time, I don't know how. You know, I mean, to be completely honest, yes, it's it's growing really, really fast, crazy fast, right? I mean, we have ad servers like every week, sort of fast. Um, but um, but at the same time, I don't know if you know. Once the revenue starts getting to a, a certain level, we we'll start hitting a resistance, and then it'll start tapering down. So we're completely aware that it's not going to continue forever. Yeah, I understand. Well, hey, Amit, if people want to follow your journey as you keep building this bad boy online, where is the best place for them to connect with you? Uh, at RocketReachCo. That's our Twitter handle. Uh, we, you know, And uh, RocketReach.co, just sign up for us. We'd uh, love to have your listeners as our customers. All right, guys, earlier I mentioned I used a little unknown tool to do a lot of my email marketing and marketing automation called Drip. Nobody knew about this, nobody, until Clay Collins comes along with his big old, you know, fad checkbook at Lead Pages, buys the company, and now, like, everybody's using it, okay? If you're not using it, let me just tell you very quickly why I use it, now that the secret's kind of out of the bag. It's very simple. I don't like hiring developers. My favorite feature of Drip is the drag and drop interface where I can drag the email sequences together. Like, once someone views this blog post or opens this email, then do this, right? So life cycle marketing like that, folks, is the future. I hit Michael Stelzner so hard on this earlier in the year. You can't blast your lists anymore. You have to have smart marketing automation. And quite frankly, you try Infusionsoft, it's like holding two 100-pound dumbbells in each hand. 
The reason I love Drip, okay, it's more powerful than Infusion Soft, but it's light as a feather. Totally light. I mean, you can throw it, blow it, lift it. It's so easy. You can sign up for 60 days right now at NathanLatka.com forward slash Drip. That's the special link. NathanLatka.com forward slash Drip. I don't know why the hell I'm telling you people this. I like to keep tools that I really like to myself because it's a big advantage. But there it is. Go use it right now before I totally change my mind. NathanLatka.com forward slash Drip. That's great. We'll link to that in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top three, six, five. Again, forward slash the top three, six, five. All right, Amit, we're about to get into the famous five. These are rapid fire questions to wrap up. Uh, one word answers. Ready? Okay. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Um, none. I don't read one. That's okay. One. Number two, yeah. is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? Um, Marissa Meyer. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? Google Drive. Number four, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Nope. <laughs> and what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Yeah, I have, four, I have a four-year-old. So. Oh my gosh, I thought you were going to say you had four kids and a startup. You have one four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. All right. and, and how old are you, mate? I am 37. Awesome. Okay. So last question. Here's why I ask. So take us back 17 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? <sighs> um, you know, okay. So, uh, so when I came to this country, I mean, I 17 years ago, right. Approximately, uh, came to this country with $800 and I went to grad school spending 18 hours a day doing research. Um, roundabout answer, but, uh, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. So, so eight, 17 years ago, came to the U S $800 in my pocket, nothing else, um, had a small stipend and, uh, the stipend was just enough to pay for tuition and rent and a little bit more. Right. So I was very, very poor by, by all means. Um, I mean, by the age of 25, my only possessions were a TV and an air mattress. And, uh, the, and at some point I lost the remote to my TV. So I used to like kick the buttons with my feet. So the TV was on the floor because I had no furniture. I used to kick uh, the buttons <laughs> to operate it. Yeah. So really poor, right? But I think I've done really well. And I, I think that if I was to go and tell my 25 year old back, uh, you know, something, I think I'd tell myself to sort of, you know, enjoy life a little bit more and live in the moment a little bit more, because I think I spent a lot of my twenties uh, worrying about what's going to happen and, you know, being, being an immigrant and the whole, uh, the whole green card situation. I think I was constantly sort of worried about things, um, but things turned out okay. And and I'm lucky to be where I am given the start that I got. I just wish I knew I would be at this point 10 years down the road, right? So just sort of live in the moment and enjoy what you have um, and not worry too much is, is sort of the advice that I'd give my, my younger self. Well, folks, there you have it from me. Enjoy yourself, slow down a bit and enjoy yourself in the moment. Speaking of the moment, he's crushing it. As of this month, they've got 120 thousand customers on their product rocket reach with an average ARPU of about 70 bucks gross churn around seven percent cacs under 30 bucks usually around 10 bucks you guys are based in san fran right amit yeah we're based in san francisco Good. so yes. based in san fran with his team of five lifetime value of about six months on a rocket ship quite literally amit thanks for taking us to the top 
Thanks a lot, Nick. If you enjoyed a meet today, go back and listen to How Elrod Yesterday, who breaks down how he literally died for six minutes in a very traumatic way, then went on to sell over $1.7 million in books, specifically his book called The Miracle Morning. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.